Auto Plaza Direct King's Court starts now.
lost against the best. This old road's been a hell of a test. I'm still driving. I ain't slowing down. There's rules I love to break and bend. Mistakes I've made again and again. But I tell you this, my friends, I'm still around. I hit it hard, man. So far, man. No laying up, no holding back. And a good Monday morning. St. Louis and all points in north, east, south, and west. We welcome you in. Kevin Slayton with you in the window world, stl-cars.com, Kings Court. Right here on kevinslaytonshow.com where you get the live show Monday through Friday. The unvarnished truth, backed by facts and evidence. You don't get that anywhere else, nowhere else in the country for that matter. Sad, isn't it? It was Rush, then it was us, and then it's nobody. That's pathetic. That's the state of the world of journalism in this country as it exists today. It couldn't get any lower. Our gravest danger, of course, is the media. But we welcome you in as we do every day. Our podcast can be heard right here on our website on Apple, Amazon, Google, Spotify, Anchor. Anywhere you hear good podcasts, you'll find us. So you can tune us in in one of several different ways. Our phone lines are always open for you, 636-538-0746, 636-538-0746. Glad to be back, and thank you for um, your patience last Friday, going up to play in a golf tournament in Springfield, Illinois, over the holiday weekend for Father's Day. It was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. And it was beautiful weather. Springfield, Illinois is closer to Chicago, of course, so it was cooler as I kept driving up 55. I thought, 64 degrees on my car, temperature, something must be wrong, but it wasn't. Chamber of Commerce days both days, so hopefully some of that cool weather extends down to here, and it will be nice all week. And we wish everybody, of course, happy Pride Month and happy Juneteenth, two things that are completely made up. Never in the history or the tradition of our country have has either had any meaning whatsoever, and they still don't. You see, until you have a happy heterosexual month, then there is no Pride Month. All of the people that scream for tolerance and equality and all of this nonsense out there show zero tolerance and equality for heterosexuals. So until there's a Heterosexual Pride Month, I will never recognize Gay Pride Month. Never. Doesn't exist in my world. People want to be gay, gay it up. I don't care. That's the thing that gay people don't care, and of course the media doesn't doesn't know, that gay people don't get, I should say, is that we don't care about you, okay? We don't care what you do, which is exactly what you claim you want us to do. You claim you want us to accept you, And so by our not caring what you do, that's acceptance, I would guess, right? That doesn't mean I have to agree with your lifestyle. I don't. But you shouldn't care what I think. What I think to a gay person shouldn't matter at all. Somehow it does. 
That's a bizarre group of people. When when what they when someone else thinks about you is what matters to you, then you're in trouble. So the nightmare that is Gay Pride Month continues with Biden desecrating our American flag by putting a gay flag up on the White House portico. That's un that's unheard of. In fact, Senator Roger Marshall of Kansas has introduced a bill now that no other flags can be flown on government property except for the American flag, with of course exceptions if there's a visiting head of state. Or, or a particular state flag. But that's it. No more the gay flags. No more the Black Lives Matter flags. It's all bullcrap flag. How about the gay people having a flag? Do heterosexual people have a flag? No. We all have the American flag. Gays, heterosexuals, and any other whack job element out there that you think you are, it's the American flag. You don't see the gay pride flag flying in Germany, to my knowledge, or the United Kingdom, or Russia, certainly not China, doesn't happen. And if you claim that you're bisexual, those kinds of people, are you admitting that there's just two genders? Because shouldn't you be trisexual or infinity sexual? I guess we can just throw the term bisexual out of the lexicon of American language now because it's infinity sexual. There's gazillions of genders, according to these nuts, so this Pride Month thing is aggravating, and I thank Senator Marshall for introducing his legislation. Good for you. Can't get any better than that. But but then you have this. Up in East Grand Rapids, Michigan. I didn't know there was an East Grand Rapids, Michigan, but I guess there is. But this is uh, the Greater Grand Rapids, Michigan area, W-O-O-D-T-V, Wood TV. It's a fairly conservative area, part of Michigan, which is stunning to begin with. I'm sorry I said East Michigan. I meant West Michigan. And so what they say is this. The TV station issued a memo because the coverage of all of these Pride Month events was getting overbearing for viewers and everybody else. They're not newsworthy, of course. And so they issued a memo. And they said, we need to recognize that some stories related to LGBTQ issues are going to be controversial and polarizing in our community. We are a conservative area in many ways. While you personally may not agree with a certain position, people are entitled to their opinions, and they are our viewers. After all, they pay the bills and the salaries for all these liberal whack jobs that work in the newsroom. The memo also said not all LGBTQ events in the area needed to be covered. We need to do some work to discern the newsworthiness of the event. If we're covering pride events, we need to consider how to make the story balanced and get both sides of the issue. Now, doesn't that sound like Journalism 101? Think about that. I went to journalism school. In fact, the best one in the country at the time, University of Missouri. We need to do some work to discern the newsworthiness of the event. Well, when I was learning the trade, if it wasn't newsworthy, it didn't get covered. If we're covering pride events, we need to consider how to make the story balanced and get both sides of the issue. What's wrong with that? I mean, isn't isn't balanced and fair journalism supposed to be the standard? The memo was leaked. And some of the producers at Wood TV protested by having a brief walkout. Others called their HR representatives not to complain, but to whine and moan and bitch, which is what liberals do. 
As far as the ones who temporarily walked out, I would have had a quick memo out to them. Your temporary walkout is permanent. You're gone. You're fired. You're finished. But that's not how the management of Wood TV responded. No, 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 no. One of their executive producers said the memo was met with immediate pushback from our newsroom. The guidance is not being followed. So, in other words, the liberal liberal whack jobs at Wood TV in Grand Rapids, Michigan, have decided they don't care what their bosses say anymore. Their liberal agenda is going to be followed no matter what. The only two people involved in the creation of the memo have been removed from any discussions surrounding our pride coverage as our corporation conducts a thorough investigation. Investigation? Into a memo that said we have to discern newsworthiness of an event before we cover it, and when we cover it, we have to do it in a fair and balanced way. That merits an investigation in the NBC affiliate in Grand Rapids, Michigan. How about that? And the two people who wrote the memo are no longer involved, which means they're, they're going to be fired. So in the world of journalism today, when you want to cover a story fairly and when you want to make sure it's newsworthy for coverage at all, it gets you fired and it, condu- and it causes an investigation to be conducted. This is how pathetic and how sick our society is in this country. This is how dangerous the media is in this country. And it's scary. It's scary that it's come to this, but it was coming to this all along. We've been telling you for years the media is our gravest danger. We stand by that. We'll never waver because it is, and this is more proof of it. There is no such thing as freedom of speech in media coverage today. Even inside their own newsrooms, these lunatics are going at each other. So liberals and supporters of Pride Month ignore their bosses' directives. And these are reasonable directives, by the way. This isn't Nazi Germany. Well, we were just following orders. No, no. That's not what we're talking about here. A thorough investigation. One of the producers called the memo ridiculous and hurtful. By the way, the parent company, if you want to call them, is Nextar, N-E-X-S-T-A-R. Now, they, of course, cowards that they are, released a statement immediately, reiterating their commitment to diversity. Our local TV stations are expected to cover and report the news of the day in an expansive and inclusive fashion, consistent with these values, said the statement. Of course, that means nothing, absolutely nothing. We're looking into the situation at Wood TV. What situation? that people there in positions of power issued a memo saying cover the news in a fair and balanced way and make sure it's newsworthy. That's now a situation, according to the parent company. The communication regarding the station's coverage of Pride Month activities, the area is not consistent with Nextar's values, the way we cover the news, or the respect we have for our viewers. We will take appropriate action as necessary to address this situation and apologize, of course, for offending members of the LGBTQ community. What about the heterosexuals? What about real news people that work in that newsroom? Of course, there's only two, apparently. The rest are all liberal whack jobs with an agenda, journalism agenda, 
The news director, Stanton Tang, is the one who directed his assistant news director to write and distribute the memo. And so everyone's going after him. Stanton Tang, you are a hero in my book. And I'm going to try to get him on the show. We'll see if he's talking. His lawyers have probably told him not to talk. He knows his job is hanging by a thread, and it's actually gone. It's just a matter of when. They're doing the investigation into the situation in order to fire him. That's what they're doing. We know it. He knows it. Undoubtedly, he knows it. And, of course, the rest of the free world would know it. Meanwhile, over there at Fox News, they continue to fire people who don't follow their liberal style. Now, you know, these it's called a chyron when you see a, a, a string of words underneath the video or underneath the picture of the anchors. And at Fox and their chyron, when Biden was speaking from the White House on the same day that Donald Trump was indicted, they, they ran a side-by-side of Trump and Biden. And underneath it, the caption wrote, under Biden, Wannabe dictator speaks at the White House after having his political rival arrested. Now, there's nothing inaccurate about that. That's exactly what happened. And yet the people that put the Chiron up there fired from Fox immediately. (laughs) Fox has become such a joke. It's hard to watch it. The people that you do watch won't be there much longer. There'll be a reason to get rid of them. The golden goose that Roger Ailes created is no longer. It's a mere shell of what it once was. And I I have a friend of mine who has a very good point. If these gays were truly inclusive and these liberal media people were truly inclusive, wouldn't they add an H to their moniker, their acronym? and call it HLGBQT+, because then it would be heterosexual. I mean, that would be fair, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be inclusive? They want inclusivity, they claim. Well, how about including the heterosexuals? Isn't it odd that the gay community wants inclusivity, except if you're a heterosexual? Then they want nothing to do with it. You have to act like them, love what they do, think they dress cool. You have to salute and applaud their disgusting and despicable behavior toward the Catholic religion in mocking the Catholics and Jesus himself, that's supposed to be tolerated because if you don't tolerate that, why? You're not tolerant and you're not inclusive. So that's how we begin the week with this kind of nonsensical gayness just everywhere. It's insanity personified. And it will never improve because the media will never stop being what they are. They're gay activists. That's what they are. They're liberal whack jobs who are nothing but an extension in a PR department for the liberal whack jobs in the Democrat Party. That's all the media is anymore. They're nothing more, nothing less. When their boss issues a legitimate memo, they ignore it, and they call them out and try to get them fired. That's what you have in media today. Say the wrong thing. Dare to say the wrong thing, and you're out. (laughs) And by wrong thing, 
I mean, say that you want news covered fairly and only newsworthy events. To liberals now, that's the wrong thing. You're saying the wrong thing. Pretty amazing. Cardinals issued a statement the other day. How about this one? This is after Bill DeWitt III, just in an interview with us about three or four weeks ago, said that they, were, they would probably be wise to stay out of the politics after the Black Lives Matter fiasco. But that didn't stop the Cardinals. So what Bill DeWitt was telling us wasn't true. They issued a statement, Today we honor and celebrate hashtag Juneteenth, which commemorates the ending of slavery in the United States. No, it doesn't. Since when did it commemorate that? In the last year or two? Slavery's been dead for a century. Unless, of course, you think that the white male is not under a slave dictate today. Or that heterosexual people are not slaves to their sexuality today. It's pretty sickening. It's not going to get better. It'll never get better. The gay, the gay community is filled with liars. All of this is nothing but a lie. That's all it is. The Juneteenth thing is a lie. Pride Month is a lie. You hate inclusivity. This is my message to anybody who's gay listening right now. You hate being inclusive because you exclude heterosexuals. So you're liars. You want to be accepted, but you don't accept heterosexuals. Because you have lumped all of them together as homophobes. So stop your lying. Those of us who have a functioning brain, we see right through your bullshit. We don't care. But I thought it necessary to point out what's going on at Wood TV, a supposed news operation in Grand Rapids, Michigan, owned by Nextar, N-E-X-T-A-R, that hasn't the foggiest idea of what news is all about. They are simply an agenda-driven operation, and that agenda is as liberal and as woke as they can humanly become. I don't think I've seen a slave running around these here United States in about 150, 160 years. Have you? But somehow it works its way into the conversation. (laughs) Juneteenth. You know where Juneteenth can go? Same place that Kwanzaa can go. It's a made-up deal. Stop making things up as you go along. We're sick of that, too. This is how bad Congress is. They have to have a debate between senators, and this was like, you know, 20 monkeys arguing with each other at the zoo, over whether or not the FBI should do should do or should have done an investigation into the whistleblower's document and memo. It's incredible that they're actually debating this. Dick Durbin of Illinois, and shame on all of you Illinois people who voted for this clown. If you ever voted for Dick Durbin, you need to turn in your voting card because you should never vote again. Dick Durbin, nobody more appropriately named in the history of mankind. Listen to these lies regarding the whistleblower. In this instance, this particular confidential human source did not provide firsthand information either. 
The source was relaying secondhand information the source had heard from a Burisma executive. Based solely on this form, which the FBI has produced for the House Oversight Committee, House Republicans have continued their long-running efforts to raise questions about President Biden based on his son's business dealings, claiming that Hunter Biden's prior business dealings involved the Ukraine have influenced Joe Biden either as vice president or president. There is no evidence whatsoever that either of these claims are true. Try to digest that for a moment. There's no evidence whatsoever that either Joe Biden or Hunter Biden took money illegally from foreign entities in a pay-for-play scheme. None whatsoever, Dick Durbin says. Well, Dick Durbin, how about this evidence from James Comer? Were you not paying attention? There's more money that we're going to be able to identify that, that was transferred between foreign nationals in other countries and the Biden family. We have more bank records coming in, but I, but we're going to exceed $10 million this week, and I think we'll get up between 20 and $30 million. <laughs> but that's no evidence whatsoever in Durban world, in Dick world, no evidence whatsoever. <laughs> I mean... They actually say this stuff with a straight face. He gets up there with his little whining eyes. Remember how upset he was? He started crying because he was in a meeting when President Trump said, why do we deal with these shithole countries anyway? And he could, oh, my God, he actually said shithole. Well, your your state's a shithole, Dick Durbin, and you've made it so. So nice work. Congratulations. The shithead made the shithole. Good for you, Dick Durbin. He inadvertently, though, spoke the truth out loud when it came to William Barr. I don't know how closely you followed this whistleblower's document, but this whistleblower accusation with the document was made back when Donald Trump was still in the White House. So that means guess who would have covered it up? William Barr. But Durbin sings the praises of Barr and claims that it's because of William Barr's wonderful trustworthiness and professionalism, that we should simply dismiss this document now because William Barr found nothing credible. Attorney General Barr has this information before the election, and we didn't hear about it. What does that tell you? Was it a cover-up by Barr? For what purpose? Uh, this has now become a sinister conspiracy, but I think the timeline argues that it isn't. That there was disclosure and obviously lack of credibility in this FD-1023. Now, if any of that were true, and none of it is, why did Christopher Ray deny the existence of this document? Remember at first, they, they wouldn't even admit there was a document. Until Chuck Grassley told Christopher Ray, I've already seen it, and I've seen the unredacted version of it. So don't go bothering to redact things on it. We've seen the actual document. Now, let me answer Durbin's stupid question because he's a very stupid guy. What was the purpose of William Barr covering it up? You even asked that question? William Barr hated Donald Trump. We all know that William Barr has made that clear. William Barr was a Bush guy. The Bushes hated Trump. Still do. William Barr still does. 
So that's why he would cover it up. But in addition to that, it follows very logically that if this was a nothing document, and if this whistleblower, who, by the way, the FBI claims tremendous credibility to the point where they pay him $200,000 for his information. So when Durbin tries to discredit this whistleblower, it's funny. He's trying to somehow pick up the bucket of water for the FBI and carry it, while at the same time the FBI is telling him that guy that you're criticizing is not credible. We say he's credible, you stupid ass. I mean, it's kind of funny. So why would Christopher Ray deny the existence of that document? Now, here's what happened. The whistleblower turned it over to William Barr, saw no action taking place, saw what was up, and then brought it to Chuck Grassley's attention. That's what happened. I'm no genius, but it's pretty simple to figure that out, isn't it? Why would the whistleblower stay at it if he gave it to William Barr Barr and the FBI colluded to not investigate it. Shouldn't you just say, okay, well, they didn't, I guess they don't believe me. So be it. But not this whistleblower. He has honor and dignity. So he kept bringing it until someone would listen. And that no evidence whatsoever that Durbin claims, we just gave you that. Shell company after shell company after shell company. Not one of these Republican senators interjected while Durbin was saying that to put him in his place and say, there are multiple shell companies designed to confuse people in following the money trail, but we followed it anyway. And it leads from foreign adversaries, government adversaries, paying bribes to the Biden family members, including grandchildren, to the tune of at least... 10 million, five for Big Joe and five for Hunter, at the very least. But Durbin doesn't understand what real evidence is. And in fact, John Kennedy from Louisiana, a guy who I normally would be supportive of, it's this kind of thinking, this kind of sucking up to the FBI that has this country in the quandary that it's in. And it's exactly why I say vote against every incumbent you can. And if I lived in Louisiana, I would vote against John Kennedy. Listen to this ass-kissing of the FBI. But I, I believe in the system. But the American people right now are skeptical about the, assist, about the system. And I happen to believe that the FBI is the premier law enforcement agency in all of human history. And most of the people there just get up every day and do their job in a bipartisan manner, a nonpartisan manner. Senator Kennedy, they love to say with all due respect, so I'll say with all due respect, you couldn't be more full of crap if it hit you in the head. You are full of crap. The FBI, the people at the FBI get up every day and do their job in a nonpartisan manner. Are you blind or are you stupid? Which is it? Are you a hillbilly from the the swamp down in Louisiana? Are you just stupid? Because it's one or the other. There is no third option. The FBI, one of the great law, or the greatest, he said, the greatest law enforcement bodies in all of humankind, in all history of humankind. It's the best. Is he not paying attention? Since J. Edgar Hoover formed the FBI, it has been corrupt 
through then up to now. Every single director of the FBI has been corrupt. But John Kennedy doesn't see that. He thinks they're all hardworking, diligent, nonpartisan people over there at the FBI. Have you heard of Andrew McCabe? Have you heard of Peter Strzok, Laura Page, whatever her name was? Have you heard of those people? Have you heard of Christopher Wray? Have you heard of this lunatic who was in the hearings with Josh Hawley the other day? The guy that looked like he wanted to get up and murder Josh Hawley and strangle him to death? That angry bastard who's a top-level FBI guy? Are you paying attention, Kennedy, or are you not? Or are you just cash cashing your paycheck and pretending to entertain us with your little folky, you know, your folksy sayings and your witticisms? And it's good. It's all good. It's all entertaining. But that's all you got, apparently. I thought you had some substance, but you don't. You're just as corrupt as the rest of them. You think the FBI is the greatest law enforcement agency in the history of all humankind and that today's FBI simply gets up every day and goes and does their job in a bipartisan, nonpartisan manner. John Kennedy, you are so full of shit, it's coming out your ears. You and Dick Durbin ought to be together. Vote Kennedy out in Louisiana. That should be the mantra. Vote him out. Once they show you their colors, don't try to repaint them a different color. He has now shown us his colors. He's an ally of the most corrupt law enforcement agency in the world. That's right. I said the world. Much more corrupt than the KGB. Much more. Because the KGB tells you up front what it is. For that matter, so did the Gestapo. So did the SS. But the FBI pretends it's not. So they're more dangerous. But John Kennedy supports a law enforcement agency that is worse than the Gestapo, worse than the SS, worse than the KGB. John Kennedy supports that group. Wow. That's earth-shattering news to me. And it's disgusting. Now, I don't know if the people in Louisiana are paying attention, but they ought to be. But they probably aren't. Oh, he's our guy. You know, that's how it works, don't you? Durbin actually wasn't finished being a fool and decided to make a fool of himself even more. Saying there's no evidence, absolutely no evidence of Biden corruption is bad enough. That's foolish enough. Shouldn't that be foolish enough for a lifetime? Except that Dick Durbin wasn't done being a fool. He actually tells us that the government is hot on the trail of Hunter Biden. They've been hot on that trail for five years, but nonetheless, Durbin described it as hot on the trail. Meanwhile, David Weiss is still hot on the case years ago in Delaware as the U.S. attorney of Hunter Biden. He supposedly, from what I'm told here, was given the same information. Nothing happened. Maybe that means it's not credible. Maybe that means that these reasonable Republican leaders under President uh, Trump decided it was not credible to pursue it. But now it's back again, coincidentally, with a week when the former president's appearing before a judge in Florida. Uh, It just happens to surface again. Except that it surfaced long before Trump was indicted, you stupid ass. And maybe here's what it means. Maybe what it means is you're too dumb and corrupt to ever utter an honest word, Dick Durbin. That's you. 
you are the epitome of Illinois politics. Corrupt to the core, lie through your teeth when everybody knows what you're saying is a lie. That's Illinois politics. That's the Democrats of Illinois proudly showing their colors. And you see how Donald Trump's horrific decision-making in terms of hiring has come back to bite him? Because now they're all claiming that William Barr is a Trump appointee, and goodness gracious, if he says Trump's a bad guy, then Trump must be a bad guy. If he says there was nothing in this FBI memo, then how can you say it's politically motivated? Choose wisely before you hire people, and voters choose wisely before you vote for people because you're hiring them. We are one of the greatest employers in the history of mankind, we the voters. We employ all of these lunatics in Congress. We put them there. Over 400 of them. We put state legislators to work. We put governors to work. We employ them all. But we don't do a very good job interviewing. Would you interview someone for your business, let's say you owned a business, would you interview them by listening to what the media said about them? (laughs) Worse yet, would you interview them not knowing anything about them and give them the job? So the the interview process is gone. You're just going to hire them blindly. Well, that's what you do with elected officials. You sit on your ass. You make no effort to find out what they're all about. And you vote for them. Why? Because some nitwit in the media says you should. Or because your mommy and daddy or granddaddy told you to. Well, we vote Democrat in this family, son. We always have. Okay. We'll do, Dad. Just like little Stepford people. But there's no no way on earth, if you owned a business, you would hire people blindly. Blindly. But you hire government officials blindly. You don't take five minutes to find out about them. But you do it. Because, as I've maintained forever, this country is 98% illiterate. It might be higher, but it sure as hell isn't lower. And 100% apathetic. I shouldn't say that. 99.9% apathetic. There are people in this country that aren't apathetic. But most of them are. And by most, I mean 99.9%. Now, when a reporter asked Biden if he would try to rein in his son and his brother and the rest of those criminals in his family, and he tried to do it in a gentle way, Rather than address the issues and and just deny them, lie, but deny them, Biden decides, well, what about the Trump family? Say you're elected, you're in office. What guardrails would you have to be sure that your son, your brother Jimmy, doesn't uh, do anything to trade on the family name? Look, if you want to talk about problems, you know, let's talk about Trump's family. Well, let's talk about them. Are any of Trump's children under investigation? No. Have any of Trump's family been under an investigation? Not that I'm aware of. They were all part of the Russia collusion thing, of course, but that wasn't an investigation into them, any laws that they broke. So let's talk about Trump's family. Even Mike Pence, the traitor of all traitors, the fraud of all frauds, at the 2016 convention said regarding Trump's children, you can't fake great kids. Interesting. 
I said Laura Page. It's Lisa Page in the FBI. I, I, if there is a Laura Page, I would hate to indict her for being a corrupt wench like Lisa Page is. But Dick, uh, John Kennedy isn't aware of Lisa Page, apparently. And apparently Dick Durbin's not aware that William Barr, when he says, why would Barr get this complaint and not act on it? Was it some sort of cover-up? For what reason, he said. Well, we gave you the reason, but here's 12 million more reasons. Or I should say 1.2 million more. From 2009 to 2018, Dominion Voting Systems paid Barr $1.2 million in cash, granted him another $1.1 million in stock awards. Those are according to SEC filings, not me. So that's how William Barr built a $40 million fortune. Our research assistant dug that up. <laughs> I mean... It's just laughable. Every time you hear these people speak, there's ample evidence everywhere that they're lying to you or that they're so stupid they think we don't find that stuff. Ryan Zinke is now a representative of congressman out west, but he was the interior secretary under President Trump as we watched energy go from weak to one of our strengths and, in fact, the strongest energy policy and energy reserves in the world the largest energy exporter in the world under Donald Trump. Congressman Zinke tracked the energy plan from you to now. When I came in as secretary, the facts are clear. We were 8.3 million barrels a day and declining. You know, Two years later, 12.5 million barrels, the world's largest exporter of energy. And you know what? We lowered emissions because the facts are America does it better. We do it cleaner, more efficiently. If you want to learn how to how to mess up the environment, go to Russia, go to Saudi, take that oil. It is better to do it in this country under our regulation than than watch it get produced overseas. And quite frankly, Biden is now lying. You you look at the leasing. Oh my gosh, the the world's largest lease of sales. What they what they says in the Gulf, right? That's a lie. That's a lie. The numbers we were better. Trump was better across the board. It's only record in his mind. Mm. Same thing as that, oh, U.S. produces more emissions. That's a flat-out lie. Look at China. Carpe diem, Congressman Zinke, and former Secretary Zinke as well. He should run for senator out there. I think he's in Montana or Wyoming or somewhere out there. Idaho. I love all three of those states. Did you know that the Queen of England died in September of 2022, this last September? Did you miss that? It's hard to miss because it was on television everywhere. Her funeral was on television everywhere. The coronation of her son, King Charles, to replace her was on television everywhere. So it would have been hard to miss, right? And in reference to the Queen, in European circles when they're speaking, Many of the English speakers or politicians would end their speech with God save the Queen. You've heard that probably a number of times. But they don't say that now. They wouldn't think to say that now. She's dead, and the King is now there. So it would be God save the King if you said anything. But Biden was speaking to a gun control group in Connecticut. Who else does he speak to? He speaks to racist groups and gun control groups, and that's it. And he concluded his remarks by wondering if there was a storm outside 
and that since there was a storm forecast, he would take pictures of each person with the White House photographer. Now, I, I don't quite follow it all, but listen to how it ends. Um, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask the White House photographer to come up, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to stand. I can't. I usually shake everybody's hand, but I'm going to stand in front of each section. No, I really mean it. And then, and if you can see the camera, they can see you. And uh, it's the least consequential part of this whole meeting for you. I promise. All right. God save the queen, man. God save the queen, man. The queen's dead, man. This guy is an international laughingstock. It's so bad. He's now insulted what many consider our best ally, England. I don't, of course. Israel's our greatest ally. But many people think the U.K. and England are are our greatest allies. But he just insulted them. This guy's so stupid and so illiterate. This isn't even, in my opinion, isn't even his dementia. If he's enough with it to say, God save the queen, he must know the queen is dead. And has been. She didn't die a week ago under cover of darkness. She died last September. And it was ballyhooed across the world. He thinks she's still alive. (laughs) Well, that's not the worst of it. He also thinks that down in New Orleans, where Hurricane Katrina nearly destroyed that entire area beyond repair, he thinks New Orleans is free of hurricanes. Andrew, who runs my operation relative to the infrastructure legislation, to lead the effort. He knows as mayor what it takes, Mayor Kenny, as you know, uh, to get things done. Uh, he, New Orleans n- never had any problems, uh, like tornadoes and hurricanes and floods and the like. But all kidding aside, he's on it, on this every day. New Orleans never had any problems like tornadoes, hurricanes, and flooding. That's exactly what they have, and they have it all the time. I guess Katrina was just a minor storm for him. The flooding, the levee breaks were outrageous. New Orleans nearly disappeared. But Biden says nope, and that his guy that he's got in charge, no kidding aside, he's really on it. He's on it, all right, just like you are. Now, that should embarrass this country internationally beyond any reasonable doubt. Or, in fact, you can throw reasonable out beyond any doubt, period. That's enough to indict this country as the most imbecilic country ever created in humankind, John Kennedy. But that wasn't enough. We have Lurch Fetterman still in office. And Lurch had Biden standing right next to him, the two most mentally incapacitated people ever in a government anywhere, standing side by side to, of course, give us pearls of wisdom, as only they can. And so Lurch mumbled something incoherently in, I guess, trying to introduce Biden. But here's the mumbling moron, Lurch Fetterman. 
I'm standing next to the president again, next to a collapsed bridge here. And he is here to commit to work with the governor and the delegation to make sure that we get this fixed quick, fast as well, too. This is a president that is committed to infrastructure. And then on top of that, the jewel kind of a law of the inflation bill that is going to make sure that there's going to be bridges all across like this, all across America getting rebuilt. I'm sorry. You know, you have to laugh because while dementia is no laughing matter, it is a laughing matter that these two can't put their egos aside, that their wives are such power-hungry money grabbers and thirst and greed for money that they will embarrass their husbands and trot them out there when they speak like that. This guy thinks that it's infrastructure and infrasion, uh, an infrasion bill. What's infrasion? He wasn't talking about inflation either because he said the infrasion bill would build bridges. And he did say he's standing next to Joe Biden, a collapsing bridge. (laughs) He ran the two together as if they were one. The delegation? (laughs) Get out your thesaurus because Lurch Fetterman has all kinds of new words for you to use. The delegation, the infrasion, the infrastructure. I had no idea what he was talking about to begin with. Something about bridges, by the way, none of which have been repaired, right? All of this, these trillions of dollars that went into that infrastructure bill, I know it's hard for Fetterman, that infrastructure bill have either gone straight into a shell company and been deposited in the Biden's grandchildren's account, or they've gone into some overseas account somewhere, but they haven't gone to building bridges, they haven't gone to repairing roads, None of those trillions of dollars have gone to infrastructure. None of it. I think they did build a heated sidewalk somewhere in New Hampshire or somewhere up in the Northeast that the residents there, by the way, didn't want. <laughs> Why are we getting heated sidewalks when bridges are collapsing, when streets are a joke? I hit a pothole yesterday. I thought I'd destroyed my car. You can't even get on an interstate in this country on the on-ramp or the exit ramps and getting off without hitting pothole after pothole. And so we have trillions of dollars designed to address that, and it's not being addressed. Instead, Biden wants you to talk about Trump's family when it comes to investigations. He wants to indict his political opponent, have him arrested, have him charged, even though Trump wasn't arrested. That needs to be addressed, too, by the way. He was not arrested. So no matter how many times Tucker Carlson or the rest of them say that, it's not true. But since none of you have an ounce of legal background, you would think you might want to look into it. When a man is never put in handcuffs, when a a man never spends a moment in a jail cell, he has not been arrested. When a man's freedom is not taken away, even momentarily, he has not been arrested. Donald Trump surrendered went right into a courtroom and entered a plea. That's it. There was no mugshot. There was no fingerprinting done physically while he was there. I think they sent in some electronic fingerprints. People need to understand that. He was not arrested. So the next time one of your liberal friends said, he was arrested. No, he wasn't. 
but there's a guy I can think of who should be. Here's an example of how corrupt the media is. I, I, I know you don't probably need any more evidence because the evidence is overwhelming, but Nora O'Donnell, one of the empty heads that CBS has anchoring their nightly news. Now keep this in mind. She anchors their nightly news. Do you know who began the proud tradition of CBS and the nightly news? Synonymous with excellence in journalism, Walter Cronkite, who, by the way, was a flaming liberal. You just didn't know it because he never let you know. He was a professional. So in the proud tradition of Walter Cronkite and Edward R. Murrow, we now give you Nora O'Donnell, an empty bag of tricks if ever there was one, who is so stupid and so rude and ignorant that while interviewing a congresswoman, Nancy Mace, she continually interrupted and cut her off. I thought it was Hannity for a moment. And then made a statement of stupidity that is going to go down as legendary. But here she is, cutting. she had cut off Nancy Mace and then makes a fool of herself. If you read the indictment, you notice that, it's, that it mentioned the willful retention of documents. And so the distinction that has been made in the case of Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump is the willful retention of documents, as is laid out, and a question of obstruction. Um, that the president repeatedly was told about his actions and he repeatedly obstructed justice. You see any distinction there? Access to all those boxes in every single room. But the president was set under Clinton. She had a private server. I can't think of anything more willful than hiding a server in your bathroom in your home. I can't think of anything more willful than using hammers on your own telephone, cell phone devices, and your iPads to obstruct justice and then to be let off. And so if that's the standard, then it should apply to everyone, including Donald Trump. Carp. Diem to you, Nancy Mace. How about Nora O'Donnell being so stupid as to say, well, the word willful, that meant the whole difference. That's the distinction between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, willful. And Nancy Mace accurately pointed out the FBI had access to every document Donald Trump had. In fact, it had come down to Mar-a-Lago several times, recommended that he put them in a padlocked um, closet. He then did that exactly as they'd requested. If they were so concerned about these documents and the national sensitivity in terms of security, why didn't they just take them? They had a subpoena. Why didn't they just take them? Because they weren't worried about them. They knew that Trump had taken classified documents that he then declassified. And there was nothing to do. But Nora O'Donnell wants you to think that it's not willful, as Nancy Mace pointed out, to take a hammer to your Blackberry and destroy it, to put some liquid detergent or whatever kind of scrubbing she does on her emails to get rid of 33,000 emails that were under subpoena, I might add. That's a violation of the law. If Donald Trump had destroyed documents that had been subpoenaed, he'd be in violation of the law. But he didn't do that. Hillary Clinton did that. But Nora O'Donnell says that's not willful behavior. I wonder what she thinks is willful. She's just stupid, let's face it. Nancy Mace also understands what happens every time the Congress has more evidence of Biden and his crime family stealing money. We know what happens, don't we, Nancy Mace? I also can't get beyond the fact that, that every 
every time we find corruption, evidence of corruption on Joe Biden, Donald Trump gets indicted. I mean, that's what I see just as an everyday American, as someone who hasn't seen eye to eye with Donald Trump. And that's how we're going to operate. I don't think it's the right way. And I think it's shameful what's happening today. Carpe diem to Nancy Mace. Every time they find evidence of Biden wrongdoing, Donald Trump gets indicted. And you you don't see that connection, Dick Durbin? Dick Durbin said, well, the only reason this whistleblower is coming forward is because Trump's having troubles. Trump wasn't having troubles. The whistleblower came forward first. But it is true that every time they gather more evidence on Biden's crime family, strong evidence, I might add, incontrovertible evidence, Donald Trump gets indicted. You think that's a coincidence, Dick Durbin? I think not. Nancy Mace is pointing out that these documents were accessible to the FBI is very important, and she went on. The FBI had access to those documents, they had access to those boxes, and they had access to all those rooms as well. Congresswoman, the FBI did not have access to those documents. There was a subpoena for those documents. And then the attorneys for Donald Trump said that they had given all of the documents over, and then that was not true, and then they had to have a raid. I remember last summer. Thank you so much, Congresswoman. I apologize about the audio issues. Yeah, I'm sure. Good for you, Nancy Mace. Yeah, I'm sure. She wouldn't let her answer. Nora O'Donnell, you just disgraced yourself permanently. You're finished. If you ever had credibility, which you didn't, you certainly don't now. You just lied to the American public. Donald Trump granted full access to the FBI. Not once, not once did the FBI ever say they didn't have access to those documents. Not once. And then you claim they didn't have access. And when Nancy Mace was explaining to you that they did, you shout over her and then cut her off and try to claim audio problems. You liar. Way to call her out, Nancy Mace. Carpe diem to Nancy Mace, even though she's had her ups and downs with Trump. She stands by the truth. Good for you. The liberals always have a name for you, by the way. You're a MAGA. You're an uber-maga. You're anti-Semitic. You're homophobic. You're racist. And, and you're white supremacist, of course, but you're also a nationalist, whatever that means. Now, to me, here's what it means. A nationalist is someone who believes in this country first. So I proudly say I'm a nationalist. Vivek Ramaswamy is a nationalist as well, and he has a definition for it, too. To me, nationalism doesn't have to be a bad word. It means we stand for the ideals that set this nation into motion 250 years ago. Meritocracy, the pursuit of excellence, the rule of law, free speech and open debate, self-governance. These were the values that won the American Revolution. And I think we need to be proud of these ideals again. Young Americans across this country are no longer proud to be American. I am. And as the first millennial ever to run for president as a Republican. I think it is part of my responsibility to revive that civic pride in the next generation. And the beautiful thing about America is that we're not a country founded on an ethnicity or on a single language or a monarch. We're a nation founded on a set of ideals that brought together a divided group of people 250 years ago. Carpe quip triple diem to Vivek Ramaswamy. I'm telling you, the Republicans have so many good people running. 
If it wasn't, if Trump was not in this race, I would vote for him. I might also vote for Robert Kennedy Jr. I'd have to hear more of his policy ideas because I know he has some liberal roots, but I, I want to hear them. If they're not the overwhelming stupidity, I can deal with it. But he also has a lot of conservative ideas. And he believes in a lot of the same things that Republicans do, real Republicans, not the ones that masquerade in Washington today. Vivek Ramaswamy, what would you do with the FBI if you were elected president? Should there even be an FBI? So under my watch, we'll make sure the FBI, first of all, doesn't exist as an institution. In the local level, you have local prosecutors and local police. At the federal level, you have U.S. Marshals and the Department of Justice. But when you have large bureaucracies that sit in between, that's a formula for corruption. And whether it was that FBI going after Martin Luther King Jr., threatening him to commit suicide 60 years ago, or whether it's after going after political conservatives like President Trump today, that's not justice. And I really would have a much easier time, frankly, in this election if President Trump weren't in the race. So this isn't about my political calculus. This is about standing up for principles over politics, and I actually think that helps build trust in our institutions. That's why I'm speaking out. I can't agree with Vivek Ramaswamy any more than I do. I mean, Vivek Ramaswamy said he will pardon President Trump should the liberals convict him. Now, why would he risk saying that? Because it's the right thing to do. That's why. Now, they're not going to succeed, but it's good to know that he's an honorable man. And he's right. If Donald Trump is eliminated from the race, it helps him. And yet he doesn't want Donald Trump eliminated from the race. To my knowledge, he's the only Republican candidate, perhaps the only Republican period, who has stood up and said that. Oh, you hear half-ass support like Lindsey Graham kissing Trump's butt. But most things out of Lindsey Graham's mouth are designed to benefit Lindsey Graham. So if he comes out in defense of President Trump today, something is a work at work for Lindsey Graham to benefit. If he comes out against President Trump tomorrow, it's because something benefits Lindsey Graham to take that position. He is the ultimate wishy-washy politician. It's amazing, isn't it? Alan Dershowitz, not only thinking about the FBI, but believes that the special counsel needs to be eviscerated. And he has a great way to replace it. Very simple. You create a special counsel, but you give the counsel a broader mandate to look into the entire problem of people who are in office, leaving office and taking material home with them. You have them investigate Biden, Clinton, Pence, Sandy Berger, look at the whole problem in context, and then decide comparatively whether there's enough to bring a case against anybody. But when you assign a special counsel to one person, to a hammer, everything's a nail, and to a special prosecutor, the only evidence that matters is the evidence against this defendant. And then Jack Smith goes in front of a press conference and says there's one law, it should apply equally to all. How would he know? He didn't apply the same law to all. He didn't look at it comparatively. He looked at it only in terms of Donald Trump. There's something very wrong institutionally with special counsel targeting an individual. It's not about Jack Smith personally. It's about the very institution of special counsel with one target. Carpe 
big quadruple deal, Alan Dershowitz. He's right. How would this clown know? Well, the answer is he wouldn't know. And that's scary enough because he has no idea. But he's also a guy who is, um, I don't know how else to say this, but he's really being accused of some bad stuff. Have you noticed that? I don't know if you have. But these are uh, people who he's prosecuted prior to now. Congressman Renzi. Renzi was given a conviction pardoned by President Trump. And Renzi now points out how many people have been in trouble in the investigative wing under Jack Smith, including illegal wiretaps. Including illegal wiretaps. Now, while that should scare everyone, because we've seen how the Democrats use these wiretaps before, apparently it doesn't scare even the Republicans because they're not talking about it. Why aren't they? I think it's frightening that this guy is a special prosecutor. In other words, he's a Nazi. And he will follow the Nazi plan, the game plan, to get his political opponent no matter what, no matter how, no matter what means, legal or illegal. He doesn't care. And then the FBI trots some what looked like a linebacker who'd been involved in too many head collisions in in front of the Senate to answer questions about this document that Christopher Ray won't answer. And this guy is filled with anger and rage at any Republican, which shows you the political bent of the FBI, the one that John Kennedy says is nonpartisan. Hawley grilled this guy and asked him simply, you're going to release the document. Now, keep in mind, this idiot from the FBI knows that Senator Grassley has already seen a copy of the document unredacted, but they want it released to the entire Congress. And so Hawley pressed him on it. How about just a yes or no? Will you commit to releasing this unclassified document that alleges that the President of the United States has taken $5 million or more in bribes from a foreign nation? Uh, Senator, the document, as you know, contains sensitive information, and I hope you would take that seriously. Oh, I take it very seriously. But I also take seriously the fact that your institution has repeatedly abused its authority. I've said that it's totally unacceptable. Who's been fired for it? Individuals involved uh, are handled through the disciplinary process. Who's been fired for it? We have fired people in the past. Wait, I, I'm sorry, what, what, what does that word salad mean? When we find intentional incidents. Were you saying that the 278,000 careers were unintentional? I believe that's correct. Wow, 278,000 times American citizens' information was queried by your agency unintentionally? That's your testimony? It's just incredible, isn't it? I mean, they actually say these things. It's it's mind-blowing. Do you know anybody in your life who's made 278,000 times the same mistake unintentionally? I doubt that we know anyone who's made the same mistake 278,000 times. 
but it certainly wouldn't be unintentional. I'd say once you get past two, it's intentional, not 278,000. And the guy actually sits there and says that. And then John Kennedy wants you to believe that the FBI is an okay group of people. John Kennedy, why don't you resign today? You're disgusting. You're one of the biggest frauds in Washington. You sicken me. Absolutely sicken me. It's incredible. Hey, remember this guy? This guy, now I go to church, and a lot of people listening probably go to church, and you have a priest or a pastor or whatever it is, whatever church you follow, and whomever that person is, priest or pastor, you no doubt have respect for them. You no doubt share their views or you wouldn't be there, right? You wouldn't want someone talking to you about spiritual beliefs and spiritual evidence that the Bible lays out if you didn't agree with their positions on these things, if you didn't agree with their spiritual philosophy, if you didn't agree with the Bible, you wouldn't go. So in a way, you're you're an extension. You can be put in the same basket of spiritual people as your pastor or your priest because you believe the same, which means that Barry Hussein Obama shares these beliefs with his pastor, Jeremiah Wright. Remember this guy? No, no, no. Not God bless America. God damn America. That's in the Bible. Now we are indignant because the stuff we have done overseas is now brought right back into our own front yards. America's chickens are coming home to roost. Chickens. We get it. There's an S on the end of the word. That's Obama's pastor. So my guess is, as I just identified, Obama shares all of those beliefs with Jeremiah Wright, or you wouldn't have gone to that church. If you found that to be objectionable or untrue or racist, you wouldn't have continued with that church, but you do find it to be accurate, Obama, and you prove it every time you open that racist, bigoted mouth of yours. By the way, uninformed, too, because you're one of the dumber people ever elected to any office. And he's incredibly fraudulent, but he loves stirring race problems. And he loves the ultimate look-at-me-I'm-black shield that he uses so he can rip people like Nikki Haley. I mean, Nikki Haley, I think, has a similar mm-hmm. approach. She does, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, look at me. I'm an Asian, Asian uh, Indian-American woman. I'm not being cynical about Tim Scott individually. I am maybe suggesting that the rhetoric of can't we all get along, we actually have to walk the walk and not just talk the talk. There may come a time where there's somebody in the Republican Party that is more serious about actually addressing some of the deep inequality that still exists in our society that tracks race. He wasn't done with Tim Scott. Once again, he's not cynical with regard to Tim Scott. I'm not being cynical about Tim Scott individually. If a Republican who may even be sincere in saying, I want us all to live together, doesn't have a plan for how do we address 
crippling generational poverty that is a consequence of hundreds of years of racism in the society, and we need to do something about that. Obama's a typical bullshitting politician. What plan did you have? What plan do you have now? We need to do something about that. Do what? What are you going to do? You haven't done a damn thing to help anybody in your life. In this man's life, he hasn't done a thing. He hasn't lifted a finger to help anyone. He hasn't gone into the black communities in South Chicago while he was president for eight years or subsequent to his presidency, which has now been six and a half years. He hasn't set foot in those neighborhoods to try to help. He's too busy throwing parties against COVID regulations out there in the Hamptons or on Cape Cod or wherever he has his latest mansion. This guy might be the biggest fraud of them all, and that's saying something. So where's your plan, Mr. Racist? Do you have one? Byron Donalds, who's a black congressman from Florida, wants to know the same thing. What did you do when you were in office? My, my question for President Obama is what did you do when you were president? There was a time that he had 60 votes in the Senate. He had universal control of Washington. What did they do during that time? They passed Dodd-Frank, one of the worst financial regulations ever in our country, which, by the way, is actually making small banks and community banks irrelevant. They're disappearing. So where do mom-and-pop businesses, a lot of them being formed by black families and Hispanic families, trying to get out of the generational poverty, where are they going to get capital? Not Bank of America, not Wells Fargo. They don't have those opportunities because his own law eviscerated community banking. <laughs> the guy's just so full of crap. Charlie Hurt, does it gall you to listen to Biden lecture us on race more and more? It's pretty, uh, it's a little much to listen to somebody like Barack Obama lecture the rest of us about people who trade on race and gender or ethnicity or whatever in politics since no politician in American history has done more to trade on that and to divide people in this country based on race and ethnicity or whatever, um, you know, and, you know, to, to sit there and listen to him lecture everybody else is pretty appalling. I'd say it's more than appalling. It's despicable. But that's in keeping with who Obama is. And I get a kick out of people like even some conservatives and Republicans say, well, you know, Obama, uh, you know, he, he was great for the country. But what? They talk about Obama as if he's not corrupt, as if he's not a racist. He's a corrupt bigot racist. That's what he is. It's what he's always been. He's a race hustler, race baiter. He's Jesse Jackson who actually got elected. He's Al Sharpton who got elected. I would say he's the Reverend Al Sharpton without a church, but Al Sharpton doesn't have a church either. The church of race baiting. But this Obama is dangerous. He's such a fraud. Leo Terrell. Who causes the racial problems in America? Obama is really the problem. Barack Obama obtained the highest position in the country, president. He has reaped the benefits of everything about this great nation. He could have put the race card to an end during his eight years as president. However, he did just the opposite. 
He doubled down the race card. He gave in to Black Lives Matter. He gave in to Ferguson. This man has enjoyed the benefits of everything in this great country. He was basically, he won his first election in Iowa. When he plays the race card and says that this country still has the, 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 the remnants of of discrimination, he is not being honest. And what happens is he has set back race relations when he had opportunity to really bury the race card. Carpe quadruple diem Leo Terrell. Barry Hussein Obama is not a black man. He's a mulatto. That's lie number one that he perpetrated on the American people. I'm black. No, you're not. That is... All alone, by itself, is one of the most racist statements you can make. He is claiming that his white heritage is non-existent. And he's just as white as he is black. So he began by lying to the American people, and he's continued to lie to the American people. He's one of the most arrogant, pompous, ass politicians I've ever seen in my life who absolutely never says anything. If he had dementia, he'd be worse than Biden. If you put them both together without dementia, Obama says less than Biden does. At least Biden openly claims that he's a bigot and a racist. Obama is the ultimate word salad politician, very similar to Harris. When Obama talks, he says nothing. Nothing. Give me one example of Obama ever saying anything concrete in his lifetime. We know he hates black or, or white people. We know he hates America. His wife has said she hates it. So we know those things. Those are a given. We know that Obama's out to destroy America. We know that he's the puppet master of this imbecile in the White House now. We know that all of this destruction of our country has been motivated by Obama and the lies he's perpetrated on this country, beginning with the fact that he's black and he's not. And while all the race baiting and all the indictments and all of this goes on, what do the liberals occupy themselves with? Jerry Nadler, why don't you tell us, you little fat nerd? And when we have a pandemic, like COVID-19 pandemic that we had... Two-year-olds should have been required to wear masks. It would be child abuse for parents not to do that. Your two-year-old should be forced to be masked. That is what the ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee just said. The full power of the federal government should be a part of ensuring and forcing your children, your two-year-old child, to be masked. That was Chip Roy from Texas responding to that idiot. This was last week. This was just last week. Nadler is telling America that it's child abuse to not mask up your two-year-old. I think he's a criminal. Not just for that, but certainly for that. You're trying to murder two-year-olds. He's like King Herod in the old biblical days when Jesus was born. Ordered the murder of all children under one years old because he knew that Jesus was an infant. Jerry Nadler wants to kill all two-year-olds. For that matter, why even wait till they're two? Just abort them. We talked about this flag-waving, this gay flag business at the top of the show today. There is at least one council member 
in a city in Michigan. This is a Muslim community. Naheem Sheldy is the council member who spoke to the LGD, LG whatever it is, all that alphabet soup group that came into protest that they should be allowed to fly the gay pride flag in this Muslim town of, in Michigan. Naheem Sheldy was very polite, but he told him to go pound salt. I believe in the rights of every human to enjoy their life under the full rights of the United States. The resolution does not prevent private citizens from flying the pride flag around the city. We only want to respect the religious rights of our citizens. But here's the thing, folks. You guys are welcome to the community. You guys welcome to walk to the restaurants, walk to the grocery store. Why do we have to have a flag flown in the uh, city property to be represented? You already represented. You're, we already know who you are. And we, we don't have any hate or any discriminations against that. We get along very well. But making this bigotry, making this <clears throat> a scene, it's making like you want to hate us. It's you versus and others. It's not that. It's everyone included. Carpe diem Nahim Sheldy. That's exactly right. Somebody finally stood up to the gays and told them, you're full of crap. You're the ones causing the division. You're the ones excluding people. No one's excluding you. You're welcome everywhere. No one stops you from going anywhere, despite the lie that Biden, probably the biggest whopper that he ever told last week when he said only in America can gay people get married in the morning and be kicked out of a restaurant later that day for being gay. Show me that restaurant, please. I really want to know where it is. We know it doesn't exist, but I want Biden to tell us who it is. It's just another lie that people tell, and the media never asks about it, never presses on it. They just let them get away with it. But Naheldi, excuse me, Naheem Sheldy didn't let them get away with it, and he told them basically, get out of here. You're not flying your flag, your gay pride flag, on our government property in this town. You can fly it at your house. You're free to do it. We're not telling you that you have to leave anywhere. You're welcome everywhere. We know who you are. But you're against us. And that's exactly right. The gay community is against everybody that isn't gay. And they've proven it. Why don't they just live in peace? Why do they have to constantly whine and bitch and try to interlope into every other aspect of life? Why do they hate the Catholics so much? Why do they have to do what they did to the Catholic faith and to mock Jesus? To all Christians, in fact, not just Catholics. Because they're not satisfied with you just letting them live their lives. That's not what they want. The gay community wants to force you to live like them or force you to accept that kind of demonstration of disgust, and it is disgusting to any Christian person. And we're supposed to accept it, and if we don't, then we're homophobic, of course. We hate gays. No, we hate the idea of what they're uh, describing, what they're performing. We hate the people that do it. And it's not because they're gay. It's not why we hate them. 
And don't consider that you don't hate somebody. Uh, hatred is an easy emotion these days. Used to be where you'd probably be honest with yourself and say, you know, I don't really hate anybody unless somebody had done something terrible to your family or something. But you don't really hate anybody. Now it's pretty simple. I detest these people. I detest liberals. They're mentally sick and they're trying to ruin my life and your life. And I won't put up with it. It's not what my dad taught me. He didn't tell me to lie down like a dog and let some weirdo whack job step all over you like you're a doormat and then kick you while you're complying. It's not what my parents taught me. I doubt your parents taught you that either. So then why does everybody do it? I'm not doing it. Ron DeSantis isn't doing it either. That lunatic out there in California, Gavin Newsom, now goes on Fox with Sean Hannity, of course, where he wasn't pressed at all, and claims he wants a debate with DeSantis and, of course, Hannity, the egomaniacal person that he is. I'll host the debate if you guys will have a debate. Hey, Hannity, Gavin Newsom debating who? Why? Gavin Newsom's not running for anything. And Ron DeSantis said that. You know, it's interesting. Um, he's got huge problems in his state. I mean, like, huge problems in his state. We all know that. He has a real serious fixation on the state of Florida. I mean, I think it's just bizarre that he does that. But what I would tell, what I would tell him is, you know what? Stop pussyfooting around. Are, are, are you going to... Are you going to throw your hat in the ring and challenge uh, Joe? Are you going to get in and do it? Or are you just going to sit on the sidelines and chirp? So why don't you throw your hat in the ring, and then we'll go ahead and, and talk about what, what's happening. Carpe diem, Ron DeSantis. Yes, DeSantis stood up to him. It's not hard, but many of these political hacks don't do it. And Hannity needs to stay out. This guy is a danger to America. He's as dangerous as all the liberal media. It's all about his ego. No person on television, probably, I shouldn't say no person because there's so many egomaniacs, virtually none, how about that, are more egotistical than Hannity. I mean, this guy can't stop talking about himself. It's always about him. He tells you about his martial arts every time he gets a chance. Oh, you know, I'm a martial arts guy. Well, watch me throw the football. I look like I'm lighting my loafers when I throw that football. That's for damn sure. And then we have Adam Schiff at his arrogant worst. Now, last week, the House of Representatives, Kevin McCarthy, the speaker, brought a bill to the floor that would censure Schiff for the lies that he told during the Russia, Russia, Russia collusion lie. The whole thing was a lie. But Schiff's lies were individualized by him because he couldn't find a TV show that he didn't love to go on and lie. Tell people that the evidence against Donald Trump was in plain sight, he said many times. Yet he never identified one piece of that evidence, not one piece. And yet claims now that last week when they went to censure him, and by the way, the censure would carry a a possible fine, a potential fine of $16 million. Now, they would have never fined him that, but they could have fined him something, a couple million. But here's Schiff at his arrogant worst in responding to the censure motion, which, by the way, didn't pass because of 20 Republicans. Well, look, I'm I'm flattered uh, that they view me as such a threat to them, uh, that they view me as effective in holding Donald Trump accountable. uh, And this is the way they want to lash out. But it's not going to deter me. 
Uh, they can introduce all the resolutions they want. It can be 16 million or 160 million. Uh, I'm not going to stop defending our democracy. Uh, but for the Speaker, uh, Speaker McCarthy, to bring this stuff to the floor uh, is an embarrassment. Uh, and it's also an abuse of the House resources. Uh, it would be laughable. I mean, you had George Santos today saying, we got to pass this to restore integrity to the House. This stuff would be laughable if it wasn't, you know, the House of Representatives. But uh, it's clear the lunatics have taken over the asylum. And they want to try to distract from Trump's legal woes. They want to gratify his MAGA base by going after someone they consider his chief antagonist. Well, he loves himself, doesn't he? No one considers you anybody's chief antagonist. They consider you a prolific liar. That's nice of you to try to pat yourself on the back for your lying, that you claim that you're the biggest threat to them and that you're the guy that holds Donald Trump accountable. How did you hold Donald Trump accountable? You lied. Your lies were exposed as lies. That's not holding someone accountable. That's lying. And this censure was an abuse of the House resources. Bringing it to the floor, Kevin McCarthy abused House resources, he says. But you didn't abuse House resources when you brought an impeachment to the floor, right? Twice. That wasn't an abuse of House resources. But you were the one. You and Pelosi colluded to do that twice, not once, twice. What a pathetic human being, this guy. Now, you'd think he would have learned from his lies before. So did he learn? My statements are accurate. I stand by them, uh, as I think the American people do. But look, they're going to go after me no matter what. Uh, and I'm just going to keep on defending the truth. And I'm going to keep on defending our democracy. And the only lesson I, I take away from this recent attack is if you do your job and you stand up to the MAGA world, you've got to be prepared to take all the incoming. And I'm prepared to do so. Well, he, he's a tough guy. And he, I'm, I'm bad. I'm, I'm Adam Schiff. I'm taking the incoming. He stands by his statements. No, you stand by your lies. Everything you said about Trump and Russia was a lie. It was proven to be a lie. So what do you mean you stand by your statements? Tell the truth. I stand by my lies. And then he lied about that when he said, and most Americans do. No, most Americans don't. The entire country believes it was a sham investigation and that you were a big part of it. So no, most Americans don't stand by your lies. They know they were lies. They know that you claim there was evidence, and yet you presented none. If I had all that evidence against a guy that I hated as much as Schiff hates Trump, man, I would have had it out there. Lickety split. Did you hear the latest example of Biden's pedophilia last week on full display at the White House? Eva Longoria was there to premiere a movie of some sort. God only knows what the movie is. Nobody will watch it. Uh, but Biden decided to admit his pedophilia toward Eva Longoria when she was 17. I've known each other a long time. She was 17. I was 40. Listen to that again. I've known each other a long time. She was 17. I was 40. We've known each other a long time. She was 17. I was 40. Do you know what I did when I was 40 and I encountered a 17-year-old girl, probably someone that knew my son or someone even younger than that? I asked them, where do they go to school? Or, you know, for instance, you're playing golf and the cart girl comes around. You can tell she's a school-age girl. Hi, what's your name? Where do you go to school? What are you majoring in? Those are the conversations you have. No, nothing else. And then you go on your merry way. 
This guy brags. And by, by the way, you don't go home and you say, you know, I'm 40 and I was there talking to a 17-year-old. What were you talking about, Big Joe? You know her. How do you know her? How did you know her when she was 17? Wow. And as far as the gay Dodgers are concerned and their mockery of the Christian faith, which is in itself a reason to destroy baseball and never support it ever again, Trevor Williams, the pitcher for the Nationals, doubled down after the Dodgers re-invited these whack-job sisters of perpetual disgrace. Uh, it had to be said. Um, we cannot stand idly by while our Lord gets mocked. And uh, before I hit send, you know, you try and do as much research as you can, right? You see the horrific videos that were posted of them. You read about what they were trying to do. Um, these things that are deeply offensive to us. And then you see that, well, they're doing these things. They're raising money for... This, that, and the other. They've been doing it for over 30 years. But it, it was the point when the Dodgers re-invited them after knowing very well what they've been doing for the last 30 years. Um, to give them a Community Hero Award. Correct. And that, and at that point, you know, at that point, I looked at the Dodgers Code of Conduct. I'm like, look, or the Dodgers Fan Code of Conduct. And it said, you cannot wear anything or say anything that goes anybody's against anybody's age, gender, creed, religion. And at that point, it was like, this is a blatant, this is going against their code of conduct. Um, it's a blatant, um, anti-Catholic message that they're sending, regardless of how much, you know, quote unquote good they've been doing in their community. But when I saw how deeply offensive it was, Doing awful things to the cross, doing awful things about stations of the cross. Like it's just, it became a point where these negatives are are not. They shouldn't be honored, and they shouldn't mock a certain room, a certain group. Carpe diem to Trevor Williams. By the way, the um, people in baseball have not once come out with a statement denouncing that. Not once. Not the commissioner's office, certainly not the Dodgers, not the Cardinals. The Cardinals are telling they're gaining it up with Pride Month. Woohoo! Pride Month. It's sickening. Once again, a country held hostage by a hate group. This LGBTQ community is a hate group. They hate heterosexuals. They hate America. They want to take over. They want to mock your religion. They want to mock your God. They want to mock everything you stand for. And if you don't okay it, you're the bad guy. They're a hate group. In my opinion, a terrorist group. All right, folks, uh, before we take a break, remember that our phone lines are open for you, 636-538-0746, 538-0746. Our good friends at Window World want you to know that Windows, if you want them, they're there, and if you want them at the right price, they've got them. And if you want to improve the look and thermal efficiency of your home, they can do it for you. They've done it in over 70,000 homes in our area. 314-993-1800 is the number to call. You'll get a free in-home estimate. They'll come out to your house and prove to you that they're simply the best for less. That's their motto, but they do it. They did it for me. Hail broke through my windows. I called them. Out they came. Prove to me why they are the preferred window of the Blues, the official window of the Kansas City Chiefs, the defending Super Bowl champs. They proved it, and they'll prove it to you. I'm not special. 
314-993-1800. Let them come out and prove it to you, because they will. And at Window World, they also give you a lifetime warranty that covers all parts, glass, breakage, and labor. Now, how do they do that? Well, it's very simple for them. They use double-strength glass. Double-strength glass gets it done, and they give you 18 months, same as cash financing with approved credit. Now, you can compare the price to the competition, but we've done it for you. Our listeners have done it, and they found out that you'll pay about one-third of the price, one-third of the price for Window World windows that you'll pay for the competition. 314-993-1800. Those are facts. Window World. Back after this. Left to say, I pray, Lord, I ain't finished. Just get. 
Welcome you back in. Kevin Slayton with you on this Monday morning. Our phone lines are open for you, 636-538-0746, 636-538-0746. If you wanted to uh, jump in, uh, please feel free to do so because we're here for you. And we're here every day for you. How do you like that? Yeah. We are here every single day for you right here on this show. So jump right in, 636-538-0746. And you can feel free to discuss any of the topics we've talked about today or any of the other disgusting, stupid things that uh, Biden and that gang have tried to perpetrate on the American people and in many cases have been successful at it. Perhaps that's the scariest part with the help of the media. But you know what I was saying about the um, LGBTQ community and the like? What's going on there is clearly hate-filled material. They love to talk about hate crimes. How about theirs? Well, I can tell you one place that doesn't specialize in hate at all. In fact, they'll sell a car to just anybody. They don't care. They don't care about it. what your race, religion, creed ethnicity, sexual orientation, they don't care because they're a business. They want to sell cars to everybody. And that's stl-cars.com. They're right over there in Ellisville, and you can call them at 314-626-3251. Make note of that number because they had changed their number. 314-626-3251. Ask for Don. Text him or call him. But go on their website first, stl-cars.com. Check out the thousands of vehicles they have, cars, SUVs, trucks. Pick the one you want. Tell them the price you want to pay. Then they'll go find it for you and deliver it to you if you want. I've used them three different times for three different vehicles. My son has used them. He just got his latest one delivered from Alabama. Now, if you find on their website that they don't have the exact vehicle that you want, well, that's simple, too. Simply tell them, hey, here's the one that I like, but... It has 
this and I don't want that and it doesn't have this and I do want that. And they'll find the one that has everything you want. So if buying a car is like going to the dentist, it doesn't have to be that way. Give stl-cars.com a call today. And you'll be happy you did. 314-626-3251. They've got an extensive inventory of cars all over the country. That's how they find them for you. 314-626-3251. Ask for Don. Tell him we sent you. And um, let me see this for a second here. Somebody's telling us that the call-in line was down, but it's not. Give us a call. 636-538-0746. That should uh, take care of it. So we have this record of Jack Smith, the special counsel. People he's gone after, like John Edwards, uh, Senator Bob Menendez of New Jersey, Rick Renzi, the congressman from Arizona. And he keeps losing these cases. And, and then, then when we look deeper into these cases, you know, they get overturned on appeal. And all of a sudden we find out that this prosecution, for instance, against Bob McConnell on federal corruption charges had a guy that was indicted shortly after he left office that was prosecuting him. The Supreme Court unanimously overturned McDonald's conviction in 2016. John Edwards, you're familiar with that case. Menendez didn't even get convicted. But it's unbelievable. And now he's the guy coming after President Trump. But amazingly, all of these former victims of Jack Smith claim a lot of the same shenanigans going on. And that is that Smith used illegal wiretaps, all kinds of things that were not designed to fairly bring about justice, but in fact to destroy these lives. And that's what he did in many cases. Pretty incredible though, right? And this is the guy that was chosen. This was the guy that Merrick Garland tapped and said he's so, and his integrity is unquestioned. He's so honest. He does nothing but fair investigations. Well, apparently not. The facts say no. The facts say that's not true. Now, what does that mean? They will selectively leak evidence out that they want to claim that they have from President Trump, even though the facts are none of it's true, that we've all the, all the evidence they've leaked out so far has turned out not to be true. But the media runs with it. But there's no evidence of any nuclear secrets that Trump took from the White House. Nothing. I'm amazed, completely amazed. But, again, none of that matters because what ends up happening 
is something very strange. And what ends up happening is people's lives get destroyed. Families' lives get destroyed. And these people don't care. Apparently we do have a problem with the phone line, so I apologize for that. If it's not one thing, it's another with technology around here, isn't it? I mean, it's just insanity. But it's just not working. So we apologize. We'll have it fixed. We'll be on it and uh, try to get it done because we love hearing from our listeners. We believe in that on this show. You won't find that anywhere else, though. I can promise you that. They don't want to hear from you. They just don't. So um, Jack Smith is a bad apple, folks, and don't believe anything else. All of these other cases, all of these cases being overturned and some not even resulting in convictions, they can't all be wrong, right? It's impossible. And we know they're not all wrong. I mentioned the 20 Republicans that um, saved Adam Schiff from censure in the House. Let me read you a list of them. Some of them sound familiar. Thomas Massey, an anti-Trumper. Kelly Armstrong from North Dakota. Lori Chavez de Reamer from Oregon. Well, there's no surprise there. You know, even though they're Republicans from these liberal states, they're still liberals. Juan Siscomani from Arizona. Tom Cole from Oklahoma. Warren Davidson from Ohio. Brian Fitzpatrick of Pennsylvania. Kay Granger from Texas. Garrett Graves from Louisiana, Thomas Keene from New Jersey, Kevin Kiley, and Young Kim from California, Michael Lawler from New York, of course, and Marcus Molinaro from New York, and then two more Californians, Tom McClintock and Jay Obernolte, California Republicans, supposedly. Four of the 20 were from California. Pretty incredible. Four of the 20 were from New York and New Jersey. So eight of the 20 were from either California or the New York area. Pretty amazing. So Robert Renzi, let's let's examine that case from Arizona. This is a guy who was a uh, congressman, was given a pardon from President Trump after Jack Smith had convicted him during some sort of a bribery and extortion a scheme. Of course, they're not investigating the Bidens on that, even though the evidence is overwhelming. But Renzi, in a statement, said the prosecutorial, miscon- prosecutorial misconduct of Jack Smith and his lead prosecutor, in my case, David Harbach, is what led to the presidential pardon that President Trump gave him. And now here they are, the same two. David Harbach is with Smith. In the Miami courtroom, David Harbach was sitting behind Jack Smith. So Robert Renzi says, both men who prosecuted me, who engaged in misconduct, reunited themselves, and they've gone after the president. They were sanctioned three times in Renzi's case. Three times. One was based on illegal wiretaps. They also tried to pierce his attorney-client privilege. And that's exactly what they've been accused of in the Trump case. 
trying to pierce the attorney-client privilege. It's unbelievable. Congressman Renzi said you can't sleep when you're going through this. There's no peace without justice. He called them political animals. He said Smith gets up there, wraps himself in the American flag as an independent, but he's clearly biased against Republicans for years. He's very dangerous and very capable to hurt people. There's a lot of similarities between Renzi's case and Trump's case. It's going to be interesting to watch jury selection if it ever gets to that point in this case. I'm hopeful the judge. By the way, Alan Dershowitz, who's a libertarian, a liberal through and through, has said very clearly that he thought the judge in the Mar-a-Lago case that ruled that they, an independent person, magistrate, had to view the documents to see which ones were subject to subpoena, that the judge was completely correct in her decision, even though the liberal appellate court overturned her. Pretty amazing, isn't it? I don't get it. Other than we know what's going on. This is a political game, a political nightmare for the Trump family and for the Trump organization and for Donald Trump and for all Trump supporters. It never ends with these people. Remember we said, shoot, we said this right when Trump had the election stolen from him that they will try to damage him so much between then and the next election, and that's what they're doing, that people would say, you know what, it's not worth my vote. And people are saying that right now. People I know that are Trump supporters say, well, you know, I don't think he has a chance to win. And I say, what do you mean he doesn't have a chance to win? That kind of thinking means he doesn't have a chance to win. If you're going to let Democrats scare you away, what does that say about you? Because if you're a Trump supporter and now you won't vote for him because, oh, I don't think he can win, then you really are a coward. And you've allowed Democrats, of all people, to scare you off. Wow. I'll tell you what. Some tough guy could scare me out of a lot of things, but no Democrat would scare me out of anything. In fact, I would double down on voting for President Trump now because I've seen what they're trying to do. And if they succeed... They'll never stop. If they can bring Trump to the point where people stop voting for him because they made it look as though he's damaged goods, then they'll never stop. And any Republican candidate that threatens them will be treated the same way. There'll be indictments. There'll be lies. There'll be threats. It's all there for you. It's all there for the taking if you cave into this. So let's just not do it. If you're a Trump supporter, remain a Trump supporter. There's no reason to run for cover. This is what they want you to do. If you're not a Trump supporter, I would suggest you look into the record. Check out what Trump has done. Check out his record. And before I go, I wanted to mention David Freeze on the show. David Freeze, the great Cardinal who was the World Series hero and the National League Championship Series hero in 2011 when the Cardinals won the World Series. He was MVP in both of those series. Without him, they don't win that World Series. 
the Cardinal fans, the Cardinals open their Cardinal Hall of Fame voting up. Every year they put five or six people up there for vote. First of all, you should never do that. You should only put people up there that merit Hall of Fame worthiness. But the Cardinals don't do that because they want to sell tickets. They want to sell merchandise. It's all about marketing for them. Their Hall of Fame is a joke. It's a laughing stock. Many of the people in the Cardinal Hall of Fame belong there as much as I do. And David Freeze, to his everlasting credit, a man of dignity, honesty, and integrity, was voted into the Cardinal Hall of Fame a few weeks ago. Over the weekend, he issued a statement declining the invitation. That's right. He's declining the invitation to be enshrined in the Cardinal Hall of Fame. It doesn't get any classier than that. It doesn't get any more laced with integrity. And David said, admitted that he had great, great moments with the Cardinals. And he did. Some of the greatest in Cardinal history. But he also felt like those moments didn't add up to a Hall of Fame career with the Cardinals. Now, how can you get better than that? And basically what he's saying is, while he loves Cardinal fans and he thanks them for the honor, he's basically saying they shouldn't be doing this. Bob Gibson belongs in the Cardinal Hall of Fame. Ozzie Smith, Willie McGee, Scott Rowland, Chris Carpenter, those kinds of guys. Tim McCarver. Kurt Flood, Lou Brock, Bruce Souter. But not the clowns they put in, and David Freeze isn't that. David Freeze, in my opinion, simply because of that World Series, might merit, because that's such an exceptional time in history that he had. And he had other spectacular playoff moments for the Cardinals, too. He was Mr. October, St. Louis Cardinal version. But he declined because he's too classy and yet there are Cardinal fans criticizing him on social media. Only the great Cardinal fans, you know, the best fans in baseball, would stoop to such low levels. They're disgusting people. We're back fighting the good fight for you again tomorrow morning. Carpe diem, David Freeze, and everything you stand for. And we'll be back to take these liberals on tomorrow right here. In the window world, stl-cars.com, Kings Court, on kevinslaytonshow.com. Don't forget the podcast right here on our website, but it's also at Apple, Amazon, Google, Spotify, Anchor, and any other place you listen to podcasts. Love you, Mom. Love you, Dad. Love you, Maureen. So long, everyone.